This is Onward Radio. Always plant trees. Lots of people say plant trees, but if you if you it, it's not it doesn't it's not equal to go and plant a tree in an urban neighborhood and think that that's going to offset the impact of uh, logging carbon-rich forests for paper. Today on Onward, we're joined by Neva Murtha via Skype from Vancouver, Canada. Neva is a corporate campaigner at Canopy. Canopy is an award-winning environmental nonprofit dedicated to protecting the world's forests, species, and climate. Neva is a leader on the development of straw fiber as an alternative to forest fiber and is the driving force behind Canopy's second harvest campaign. You can learn more about Canopy at canopyplanet.org. Neva, welcome to Onward Radio, and uh, thanks for joining me today. You're welcome, Her- Eric. Thanks. Sure. Uh, so you work at a place called Canopy in uh, Vancouver, and I'm wondering what brought you to uh, working at Canopy, and, and what got you interested in sustainability? Mm, great. Thank you. So let me first speak to what Canopy does. and We actually work on endangered forest conservation on global forest hotspots, and we do this by working through the paper and uh, clothing dissolving pulp supply chain to uh, create marketplace support for protection of endangered forest areas around the world and uh, help bring leading uh, environmental pulp and paper solutions to market. And you needed to know that because what got me into this was that I used to work in the magazine industry in Toronto as a consultant and I swear I went to work every day saying what about the trees because there had been other experiences in uh, my life leading up to that moment where I got a really good sense of the impact of the pulp and paper industry on old growth forests. So is that what got you interested in sustainability was that question, what about the trees while working in publishing? Yeah, that and just an innate innate awareness of our environmental impact on the planet. Great. So you, did you get your degree in this? You went to the University of Waterloo. Was that a do? <laughs> Was that a degree they had there, or? or, or well, uh, no. Well, they have environmental studies at Waterloo, but I actually did a degree in fine arts and arts administration. And when I was doing my degree in fine arts, I specialized in printmaking, and a whole bunch of the people that I worked with would make their own paper. And you know, I loved going to the art supply store and buying really beautiful paper. So I had this sense of paper and beautiful paper and the art of paper. And it was personal trips that I had taken with my dad to the west coast of British Columbia that helped me make the link between the origin of paper and the end use of paper. So it seems like you were sort of interested in this because of your father when you were younger. How much of that then um, carried over into your, uh, into your life now as, as in your position at Canopy? 
Oh, it's influenced my entire 13 years of work at Canopy. My father was a professor of forestry and remote sensing at the University of British Columbia. So when I was a teenager and in university, uh, I went out to the west coast of Vancouver Island with him and saw firsthand the thousand-year-old, uh, actually 8,000-year-old um, old-growth forest that were still standing besides second-growth forest areas. So I saw firsthand that there were these incredible ecological values and spiritual values within the old-growth forest and that there was a role for second growth, but I, this just innate knowing that the old growth didn't really need to get logged for mm -hmm. pulp and paper. And then I also did a bunch of kayaking out in Clackwood Sound and spent time with First Nations people on their land and their traditional territory and saw their relationship with the forests and, you know, adding that to my sort of childhood interest in uh, environmental issues and to the point that I actually held an international year of the frog because I, <laughs> I you know, cared about the frogs and had my t-shirts made up. So it, it all of this um, fed into my awareness of, of the impact of paper on the, the planet and, you know, how I could actually do something about this. It sounds like in you're the paper in, industry. Yeah. It sounds like you're in the perfect position for you. <laughs> was this International Year of the Frog at Canopy or something you did as a child? Oh, I did it when I was 12. Oh, wow. And that's, I just, that's even I better. Just, that's even better. I just declared International Year of the Frog and that was it, yep. <laughs> do you remember what date it was? So maybe we, my daughter and I can do that. Uh, no, I don't remember what date it was. Might we'll just, have been 1983, but... We'll just make it up. We'll say like June, June 5th. That's International <laughs> that's that the start of it, right? Frog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the that's the start of it to the next June fifth of you could, you could Basically, you know, when you hear the spring peepers, you yeah. could decide that's the day that starts. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you? What's your normal day like at Canopy? It seems like it's it's got to be packed with all the, you know, I read a lot of bad news about old growth forests and logging. So I'm I'm wondering, what's your normal day like there? I don't think there is a normal day. I mean, some days it's uh, some days it's interviews on Skype, and some days it's a lot of emails and uh, phone calls, and other days it's traveling around all over the place for meetings. And you know, other days I'm in paper mills making really interesting paper, and other days I'm oh, wow. walking around wheat fields. So it's pretty diverse. Yeah, that sounds like you. It, it's really hard for you then, maybe to you know plan exactly how you're going to react to what you see and learn that day. Yes. And it's a constant learning as I go. So in relation to that in your interest and passion for paper, what is the what in your opinion or Canopy's opinion is the current state of affairs um, for the paper industry from an environmental and social standpoint? Well, I think the paper industry right now is in a really interesting position because there's a lot of switch to different mediums for communication and I've seen that really impact the marketing that the paper industry itself is doing and then within the industry there are environmental leaders and there are laggards just like in every industry. So um, you know, there are some companies that are selling uh, cheap paper that comes with a very hidden cost. Uh, for example, you know, pulp and paper from Indonesian companies where there's impacts on ancient tropical forests, indigenous communities, ignoring land rights and traditional use and threatening livelihoods. And in some cases, lives. There was a case with um, uh, a murder a couple of uh, weeks ago 
And then in Canada, there's issues with caribou and First Nations in the boreal. Uh, but there are other uh, mills that are making leading 100% recycled papers. There's other mills that are driving uh, trials with uh, wheat straw and, and non-wood fibers that are left over from uh, food production. So it doesn't come with the same uh, ecological and climate impact that uh, logging in old growth and carbon-rich forests has. So it's really about you know knowing how to navigate uh, the information out there to find out um, you know who's leading on the environmental front and where are those controversial issues you want to avoid. Does that second half of the story make you cautiously optimistic about the paper industry? Uh, absolutely. It does yes. me too. That's that's why I ask it. Mm-hmm. And and in fact, you know, in some of the other conversations I've had this season. That phrase, cautiously optimistic, has happened a few times in terms of, you know, how people are teaching a classroom, for instance. They mm-hmm. they they read what's going on, you know, right now in India with, you know, heat waves and people dying. But then at the same time, there's like these amazing things happening um, from a sustainability standpoint with renewable mm-hmm. energy and, and the things that you just discussed it, you know, kind of maybe balance it out. I'm not sure. With that in mind. I'm I'm coming from a design perspective, and as, as graphic designers, we use paper. And I'm wondering how can how can we help make it better as designers, in, in terms of the the status of our of the paper industry. Yeah, well, that's a great question. And as you know, designers are in a really strong position to influence both clients, and then in in turn, clients can influence printers and mills. So this helps pull leading uh, eco paper solutions through the supply chain. And we've actually seen this happen over the last 15 years of Canopy's work where you know, we've worked with uh, designers and with um, publishers and with uh, paper mills to develop leading 100% recycled papers that became bestsellers. And now we're doing this with, with non-wood papers. Um, so as designers educate themselves around how to ask the right questions and navigate the information that's out there to find uh, the leading environmental solutions, you can be a a huge asset to your client base. And then as citizens, because we're all citizens as well, we can reduce our paper use where we don't need to use it. We can choose products with less packaging. We can use uh, 100% recycled copy paper and tissue paper. And, you know, citizens can engage at a municipal level, help make sure that for instance, at the municipal level, um, paper is recycled multiple stream system where paper is dedicated and clean instead of putting it into a single stream where it contaminates the paper. And that means educating your you know, local politicians about the issues and you know, learn your stuff, speak your mind and share your concerns. So were you saying a multiple stream system is better than single stream for paper? Yes, because okay. it keeps the paper clean. Yeah. Because it seems like, I mean, where I live... And I know like in San Francisco and other larger cities that they've increased recycling through these single stream systems, but maybe it's not the best for paper, but better for, for other recyclables, it seems. Well, it contaminates the paper. So you want to actually help support systems that keep the paper in a dedicated supply stream to keep it clean and not contaminated. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. That's, that's actually really good to know. And in terms of like education, as that was an educational moment for myself, um, with with graphic designers, I know I've been to your site a number of times. There seems to be a lot of really good information for designers. Do you 
do you as Canopy work with designers directly a lot or is it more indirectly? <laughs> indirectly, I'd say with designers because uh, Canopy is really focused on the publishing sector. So book publishers, magazines, uh, newspapers, uh, the print sector, and we're now working with clothing brands. So, And we know that Renourish has been doing really great work on a similar level with designers. Thank you. Yeah, we, we direct a lot of people over to you guys just for, you know, if you want to know the, um, if you want to know the facts and if you want to get the honest facts, like this, this is a place to go to meeting you guys at, at Canopy. So, um, you've been a great resource for a lot, I think a lot of our readers. Thank you. Um, one thing that, um, I get asked a lot and I don't really know necessarily the, the answer to, and so I wanted to direct it towards you. Um, and that question is, you know, what does the future look like for the sustainability of the paper industry? And, and you mentioned a number of things that you guys are involved with, um, and that's really intriguing. But I'm just wondering, you know, what what do you where do you think that's headed? Oh, it's a huge question, and it, there's there's what actually happens on the ground, and then there's a vision, and we can all play into the vision. And Canopy's vision is that all paper going forward will be made with low carbon and low biodiversity options. Mm. And um, to get there, everyone has a role to play, as I've mentioned. So for instance, we've just published um, a Blue Line report, uh, which we released at Sustainable Brands on June 2nd, and it looks at leadership in the North American print sector. So it's a fantastic tool for designers and customers and other stakeholders on how they can help influence bringing uh, leading uh, papers to market through the printer supply chain. Uh, and we know that from experience where there's more demand for leading solutions, the more the industry will switch away from controversial sources. And we've seen a lot of mills respond to that and, you know, where there's virgin fiber needed. Uh, we've seen them go uh, with FSC certification on the ground. We've seen mills um, develop lines of leading 100% recycled papers. And I keep mentioning that there's now mills working on uh, non-wood options. Um, and for just getting more specific, for instance, Roland is the mill that is one of the mills that's developed an entire line of eco papers in response to market demand. Uh, Kimberly Clark on the tissue front is now making uh, tissue paper with wheat straw in order to implement their forest resources policy. Wow! Yeah, it's very exciting. That, that seems pretty and big. It's huge. It's really, really big. And kudos to Casey for taking that action. And uh, so the Blue Line report um, highlights its actions uh, that the leading printers are taking and how they can help clients achieve their corporate sustainability goals and eco-paper solutions. And that's available on our website. And we've also got a whole bunch of other resources like the eco-paper database and lists of printers that, that companies can go to. And so it's all there. And, and you mentioned, I think, a little earlier on that some of the days are spent at Canopy walking through wheat fields. And then you just mentioned that uh, toilet paper being printed on wheat straw. Um, can you tell me more about your wheat straw initiative that you you have there at Canopy? I'm assuming I'm assuming they're connected, right? They're a little bit connected. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, called Canopy Second Harvest Campaign, and because we work really collaboratively through the entire supply chain to bring leading solutions to market, we're constantly looking at ways to diversify the fiber basket to provide alternatives to using virgin fiber from old growth and 
an endangered forest that are, you know, got caribou habitat or First Nations issues, et cetera. So one of the uh, alternatives that Canopy has been advocating for for 15 years now is using agriculture residues such as wheat straw and other um, agriculture residues left over after food production because these these are great papermaking fibers. I mean, Kimberly Clark's doing it with tissue. Uh, there's um, Step Forward Papers doing this with wheat straw at a mill made in India and selling it through Staples in North America. And we're seeing other uh, mills now looking to build uh, in North America to have North American capacity here. So right now it's still early stages, uh, but um, the more that you can learn about the potential for the low footprint options available through non-wood papers and support trials. I mean, we've already got printers in North America uh, that um, provide the wheat straw paper to clients. For instance, Earth Color is doing this. Hemlock is doing this. There's a handful of others. They're listed on our website. And those are printers, so, right? That are, printers. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So our, our website lists the printers that have uh, the wheat straw paper. It lists all of the wheat straw papers that I know about that are available in North America, as well as no other non-wood papers like the bagasse papers imported from South America, even poo paper made with elephant poo. <laughs> right. That's, that's more of a specialty grade. We wouldn't be using that for, you know, you know, your next edition of a, uh, some famous author's book, but, uh, you know, it's there, it's on the database. So. Well, that sounds actually like a nice match between what you said earlier with toilet paper. It seems that poo paper and toilet paper should go hand in hand. Uh, yeah, it's a perfect fit. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, on a more serious note, um, you mentioned some things that were going on with the paper industry that, that weren't so great. Um, is there one thing that uh, we could do or, or just a person could do in general to make the situation um, a little brighter to help stop some of these things that you were talking about earlier with uh, deforestation um, around the world? Great question. So the really practical answer to that is to source um, uh, recycled paper and non-wood paper uh, where you need to use paper, and if you can't get recycled or non-wood for your needs, then make sure your virgin uh, fiber is coming from FSC-certified second and third growth forests, not old growth. Hmm. And th this is um, as like a, an immediate step that you can take as we create um, a, a situation where acceptable anymore to, to be logging endangered and old growth uh, forests and endangered species habitat for pulp and paper. So it's more about just awareness, really, that if you are a designer looking to spec paper, you just need to be aware of the issues. And yes. once you are, you can make a better selection. Yes. Yeah, that, exactly. that goes with everything. And, and definitely, I think your site, from looking at the different um, resources you have about paper, is a great place to start that. Um, so if you're listening, that... Go to Canopy. That's a place to get started to, to learn about how to better choose the paper. You know, uh, FSC certified forests. If I was choosing a paper then that, you know, was FSC certified, maybe not recycled, what else could I do um, to sort of offset that, um, you know, the, the greenhouse gas emissions or anything? Do you, do you recommend a particular thing that, that I could do to, to maybe remedy that as, as part of a decision I made about paper? Uh, well, I know there are some printers, for instance, like Hemlock, that have uh, carbon offset programs. 
uh, and you can read about this on the Hemlock website. So it, mm -hmm. it's very you know, specific. I, I can't think off the top of my head of a really great way to offset paper choices because if you just if you just invest in an offsetting program that involves tree planting, there's no guarantee that those little trees that are planted are actually going to survive and do the carbon offset. And the new little trees that are planted simply can't replace and sequester the same amount of carbon no, that right. an old growth forest is storing. So it's a really complex answer to your question. Um, so I would say another way that you could do it right now is to actually design products that use less paper to minimize uh, help the material. The yeah. Right. Right. And then also make, make sure that the, the virgin fiber you're sourcing, if it's FSC certified, is coming from the second and third growth because that doesn't same, come with the same carbon footprint that an, uh, uh, any kind of certified paper coming from old growth would have. Yeah, that, that's, <clears throat> that's good advice. I think another thing that I could do was, like you when you were younger, get my daughter involved on Arbor Day and, and plant a bunch of trees too. That, <laughs> that could help, right? Educate, educate her on the issue. I just want to say my caution with that is that if you're, it's great always plant trees. Lots of people say plant trees, but right. if you if you it, it's not it doesn't it's not equal to go and plant a tree in an urban neighborhood and think that that's going to offset the impact of uh, logging carbon rich forest for paper. So it, it's it's not an equal equation. So what I would say is a both and scenario where make sure you're not sourcing from carbon rich sources for your paper, source low carbon value fiber instead and then do the tree planting well so that's both ends. that's really important to know because you know just the guilty me you know would say i'm just going to plant a tree and that doesn't really necessarily offset the damage i might have done exactly and I, I you know i don't want i don't want to place personal blame it's not about that it's just a, let's create awareness definitely the true cost of the of the paper supply and create awareness so that looking at the full picture instead of just a small part of the picture. Thinking in systems there, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, well, what's happening next um, at Canopy? What are some of the new things that are going to be coming down the pipe there? And um, how can how can we get involved with them? Great question. So we're doing a lot of work on the Second Harvest campaign, working with communities and technical experts and other stakeholders to make straw pulp mills in North America a reality. And we're also working with global clothing brands like H&M and Zara and designers, including Stella McCartney, so that endangered forests are not being logged for rayon and viscose and ending up in your T-shirt. Wow, so, I, didn't, I didn't know that. <laughs> I had no idea yeah, that was going it's, on. It, it's happening. So a couple of things you can do. Um, for instance, designers, you can get the brands you're working with to go to Canopy's website and participate in our straw pulp market survey where we're quantifying market support for papers made with agriculture residues. Um, on the clothing side, you can sign our pledge at canopystyle.org, I think is the URL. And um, you know, when you're buying clothes, look to see if it's rayon or viscose. Start asking questions. So avoid those, Read basically. Up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Until until we until we we know that the whole supply chain is got random viscose, it's not coming from endangered forests, and we're not there yet. Buy other fibers like linen and recycled fibers. This is why I had you on the show because I had yeah. no idea that this was happening. <laughs> out there. Zero. That wow. Yeah. That that definitely yeah. opens my eyes to uh, next time I need to get a shirt or something. Yeah, 
And yeah, and you buy the recycled tissue paper and buy the wheat straw tissue paper and 100% recycled copy paper and, uh, and and you know work. Designers can work with their clients to be printing and on papers with recycled and uh, and the wheat straw. So there's things that can be done right now. Yeah, I definitely see the idea of your life and your profession here. Um, definitely mixing together. And, and I think that's an inspiration for um, hopefully a lot of our listeners that can see, hey, I can do this in my job and I can also then go home yeah. and do something like that as well. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, thanks so much for being on our show today, Neva. It's, it's been a great conversation and very educational for myself. So hopefully uh, all of you who are listening uh, learned, learned a lot as well. Yeah, my pleasure. Our our websites are canopyplanet.org and canopystyle.org. Thanks so much. Thank you. This episode is sponsored by a generous donation from Celery Design. Celery believes good design is a powerful force. They aim to make it a force for good by building strong brands for sustainable products, services, and programs. You can learn more about Celery at celerydesign.com.